excited to have an opportunity to speak to you uh, this morning. Like you said, my name is Nicole Brown. Um, I've been attending here at River of Life um, just over two years. Uh, I think in July it was two years. Um, it's been a, a wonderful place for me to have a lot of healing um, for my own self. Um, and the Lord has given me a wonderful community of um, people here and friendships that have really, really helped me. And um, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to be able to get up here and to preach. Um, even though I'm nervous, I'm still thankful. Um, I did graduate from Pensacola Christian College with a master's degree in biblical theology uh, several years ago. So I'm excited to be able to use that um, even this morning, I do work as a full-time teacher at Cooley Christian School in West Salem. Um, so this is going to be my second year there. I actually started as uh, an administrative assistant, um, and then the Lord moved me on to teaching Bible. So I'm a full-time Bible teacher there, and um, it's been awesome. Um, like I said, I came here a couple years ago. I kind of went through a difficult season, and the Lord has just really been growing me and helping me. I went through a transition in my life, and I kind of had got a new church, moved somewhere else, um, made new friends. It was very transitional for me, and I'm still slightly in that transition, I feel like, but God has uh, just been awesome, and I'm just so thankful for all that he's done for me, and I'm excited for this morning. So, um, Last week, Pastor Mario, he started with the series in, in James, and um, I, I missed I missed it because I wasn't here, but I was able to listen to it um, this, this uh, week, and um, that was a great sermon. It was encouraging. If you missed last week, I encourage you to um, go online and listen to it because we do provide that so you can watch it later or listen to it later. Uh, it was a really great sermon, and you know, just like God is with us in all of the trials, and in those trials, he is purifying us. Um, making us more like him. And even though it looks like what we're going through is not uh, something good or it's hard to go through, God will use that in our lives to make us more like him. This sermon was not actually the one I was planning on preaching this morning because, um, I don't know, a few weeks ago, pastor's like, you're going to preach in, you know, in the book of James. And it's like, okay, so I've been preparing and kind of getting ready for it. Um, and I like to get things done ahead of time, so I was working on it for probably like three or four weeks, and on like Wednesday of this week, I was like, okay, I'll make sure I have it all exactly how I want it and everything, um, but I just wasn't feeling it, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, I did all this studying, all this work, okay, God, what do you want, you know, and about 11 o'clock at night on Thursday night, God kind of downloaded it to me, and about an hour is, is he downloaded most of it, and then the, uh, the next day I was able to kind of smooth everything out, and, um, but I believe just because, just for one reason, because he had me change it last minute, um, at least for me it was last minute, it had a couple days, but for me it was last minute, um, I really believe he wants this and has this for someone today, and I think it's going to um, touch many of our hearts. Um, this quote is a quote I found online that I really liked um, about faith. It's anonymous. I don't know who actually originally said it, but it says, Faith is the living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. The title of my sermon today is Don't Stop Believing. Okay? Um, you guys probably recognize that from a song, don't stop believing, hold on to that feel, right? Um, don't listen to the rest of the song because there's probably not the greatest words in it. But, um, 
but I liked the, that title. And it, I believe God gave me that title because I don't listen to that song. So, um, like I said, the Lord been working on faith with me recently. And sometimes it's hard to keep believing for things, maybe promises that God has given you in your life or things that he says in his word. And you're not really seeing that work out in your life. Um, but we can't stop believing just because we haven't seen it yet. Because he's always working behind the scenes and he's doing things that we can't see that he's doing. Um, but he will manifest those things to us as we walk out in obedience to what he's called us to do in our faith. In James chapter 2, if you haven't turned there, you can turn there right now. In James chapter 2, the beginning of the chapter starts with him talking about favoritism and prejudice and how we're not supposed to be like that as believers, right? We're supposed to love everybody and we're supposed to treat everybody equally. Um, you know, Jesus, he went to the, the, the sinners, right? And then the Pharisees would complain about it and be like, you know, why are you going there? Well, that's who we're supposed to, we're supposed to treat everyone the same, not just if they're religious or they go to church or someone who's on the street or someone who, that's homeless. We should treat everyone with kindness and love. Um, and towards the end of the chapter, he mentions Abraham and Rahab, and he's talking all about faith and how faith without works is dead. So if we truly have faith, our actions are going to speak for it. What we do is going to be, walk, as we walk out our faith, there's going to be evidence. Um, the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith isn't this random thing out there in space. You can't, it's like abstract. That's actually not what faith is. Sometimes it's hard for us to grasp uh, what faith is. Um, but it's not something we have to, like, work up, right? Um, ultimately, everything that we have and every gift we have comes from God. Um, and so when he talks, when James talks about Abraham and Rahab, he's talking about how all our faith works the same no matter who you are. If you are rich or you're poor, you're Jew or you're Gentile. And he reiterates that at the end of the chapter. Now, today we're going to focus mostly on um, verse 21 through 24 um, that talks about Abraham. So I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from Abraham. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I love the story of Abraham, um, how, you know, he prayed. Um, they waited for the promise. Him and Sarah waited for the promised son. Um, and that story, it's just so cool that, honestly, out of James, my favorite chapter is chapter 3. I really love that chapter. I got to teach the book of James in school last year, and I really love that chapter. Um, but what's so cool is that pastor asked me to teach James chapter 2. And that's the chapter that has, like, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, let's pray here quick before we get started. Dear Lord Jesus, I just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity. Um, that you've given me, Lord. And I just, I just pray that today, uh, as everyone listens, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will speak to them. You'll help them. And those that are maybe struggling in their faith or they're not sure how to walk it out, Jesus, you'll give them the directions, Lord, and the guidance. We thank you, Lord, that you haven't left us alone, Lord Jesus, and that you want to show us. And we thank you for your voice, Jesus, that, that you want to speak to us, Lord, and that you made us to hear your voice, Jesus. I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for everything that you've done for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at three things in the life of Abraham. Um, 
things about his faith that we can learn from. Because faith, it's the same for everybody, right? It's not like this person, oh, they got so much faith. Yeah, now some, that some people do have a gift of faith, um, but God makes it available to everybody, right? So number one, faith isn't conditional on time. I'm not sure if I used that word properly, but it's not conditioned on time. So when you might, maybe you were given a prophetic word or um, the Lord spoke to you, gave you a rhema word 10 years ago. You're like, well, I haven't seen that happen. Well, you have to continue in faith. That means you make those steps and you walk out those things that you know for sure God wants you to do, right? So even if maybe that promise that you're waiting for hasn't happened, God expects us to walk out our faith and there'll be evidence of our faith. So something that's little, I mean, what we would think of as little, is we know that God says don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. So number one, when you're saved and you love Jesus and he's called you to something, you should be in fellowship with other believers, right? That's what the Bible says. That's an easy one. Um, The Bible talks about being baptized, right? So once you believe in Christ, you should... You should also get water baptized, right? So these are simple things to walk out your faith as you follow Jesus. They're evidence of that personal relationship, that they're evidence of that faith that you have in Christ. They may, are made, your faith is made manifest when you start doing those works that God's called you to do. Now, we can have faith in all kinds of things, right? If I had a chair up here and I sat down on it, I could have faith that the chair was going to hold me. Now, I have sat down in chairs a few times and they didn't hold me. Um, they were defective. Um, but you can have faith in the right thing or you can have faith in the wrong thing, right? But we want to have faith in Jesus and what he wants us to do and to trust him. Okay, James chapter 2 verse 21 says, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. That doesn't mean that works aren't what saves us, right? Because the Bible says that um, it's not by works of righteousness which you've done, but according to his mercy he saved us, right? It's, it's by, by grace alone through faith alone in Jesus. But the evidence of our faith are, is our works. Now, in Genesis 15.1, um, this is, you know, the story of Abraham. And it wasn't, his faith wasn't conditional on time. So number one, his faith wasn't conditional on time. Now, that doesn't mean he never doubted during that time, but he continued to walk out his faith and do the things God was telling him to do. Genesis 15.1 says, Sometime later the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son, since you've given me no children? I like how he's like, since you gave me no children. <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of puts it on God. Um, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my house, household, will inherit all my wealth. 
You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Those are great verses. I love it how he's like, go out and look at the sky. Count those stars. And he's like, like Abram, you know, he, he, he was looking at, I just want a son. And God's like, well, look at all this other. I'm going to give you way more than what you can even imagine. And when we believe in the promises that God's given to us, sometimes we start to kind of wane because of the time frame. But if we only knew and we could look back and be like, put ourselves in the story of Abram and see how God was like, yeah, you got to wait. And this isn't when it happened right away. He had to wait a little longer, right? Um, but he had to keep trusting God. And then here it says his faith was counted to him as righteous. So it's like, yeah, he was doubting, but God still said his faith was counted to him as righteous. So like God sees the end from the beginning. So he sees like all those things, even though you doubted, he sees where he ended up, right? Sometimes the waiting seasons are hard. I don't like waiting. I'm not a super patient person. That's something God has worked on me on a lot um, the last several years is to be more patient, to be patient with people, to be patient with God. You know, when I was, I was in college, I was probably like 22, 23, something like that. I remember uh, there was a speaker that came, and they had like this big conference every year at the school I went to, and there was a speaker that came, and um, she was speaking to all the ladies, and I remember thinking to myself, like just having like, like felt like I had a connection with her because I felt like God was calling me to something more, which was speaking in front of people. But at that time, I had, no, I had no plans to be a teacher. I wanted to work in ministry, but I had no plans to be a teacher or anything like that. And, like, today, honestly, to me, feels like a divine appointment that goes all the way back to, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, you know? So it, you, sometimes the Lord will give you an impression or a desire for something. You're like, why would I want that? I mean, some people are like, oh, I don't like speaking up in front of people. And don't get me wrong, I get nervous. But... You know, we just have to trust the Lord. <laughs> Anyone who's spoken in front of people knows. You just have to put it in the Lord's hands. But um, sometimes the Lord will say things to us and tell us things or give us a prophetic word or, or speak to us through somebody. And we are expecting that thing to come to fruition right away, whereas it's actually years away. You know, and God's outside of time and space, and so it's like he sees things a little differently than we do. So our expectations are sometimes like, right now, God, I want it right now. But he, he's actually doing something in that time frame, in that process. Because he's got to make us look more like him. Right? Genesis 3.1. Um, when, when we think about hearing from God, one of the biggest things is when we start to doubt, we start to hear this voice that says, did God really say that if you go back to Genesis 3, 1, that's the same thing the serpent said, right? 
So if God has spoken a promise to you, maybe it's something through his word that he's really highlighted. Maybe you got a prophetic word from someone. Maybe it was a rhema word the Lord spoke to you um, in your quiet time with him in the secret place. And you're doubting because you haven't seen it happen. You haven't seen it come to pass. The devil doesn't want you to know that you can hear God. Because he knows that once you can hear God and you know you know and you know, like you know that you know that you know, that you're going to be unstoppable for God's kingdom. So he wants you to doubt and he'll put those, those thoughts in your head that said, did God really say that? You've got to keep believing even if you're not seeing it happen right away. So number one, um, Abraham's faith wasn't conditional on time. Also, Abraham's faith was tested. Our faith is going to be tested. Uh, We will find out what we're made of. If you haven't gone through a test yet, sorry, like it's going to happen, okay? Nobody wants to. I don't want to. Um, I went through the hardest test of my life the last few couple years, okay? Okay. I don't wish on anybody because it's not easy. It's hard. But God is still moving, and he wants us to trust him even in the testing times. God told Abraham to take his son up to the mountain and to sacrifice him. So the promise he was waiting for came, and then God says, no, you got to sacrifice it. Talk about a test. Now, if we heard God tell us something like that today, we would think we were insane, right, because that's insanity okay don't believe that if someone if you hear that that's that I mean (laughs) if it's your son right but sometimes God expects us to give back what he has given to us to see if we really going to put him first we really love him even without all the blessings and all the things um, sometimes he will he'll he'll ask us to sacrifice that thing that's why we got to keep in proper alignment with God Now, we know that God's going to raise Isaac from the dead. But back then, they hadn't really seen that, right? They they didn't have the full word of God, right? They didn't have, Abraham didn't have the word of God to be like, oh, well, God raises people from the dead. But he thought to himself, well, if God's asking me to do this, then, and he's going to make my descendants as as the stars in the sky, then he is able to raise Isaac from the dead, now, when we think of testing our faith, right, the Bible says that it, testing of our faith worketh patience. When, I think it says it, when, I didn't write it down, but when uh, the testing of your faith worketh patience, and when your patience is complete, okay, now I forgot it, but um, it's a process, okay? So it's a process God has that we have to go through, and it part, it's part of the refiner's process. So when we're tested, that's part of God. He is refining us. He's making us look more like him. And I want to share, it's kind of a little bit of a a longer story, but um, Pastor Deb sent this cool story last week to the prayer team. And I really thought it it was really good when it comes to thinking about being tested, being tried, and and being refined. So just bear with me as I read it. There was once a group of women studying the book of Malachi in the Old Testament. As they were studying chapter 3, they came across verse 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. This verse puzzled the women, and they wondered what the statement meant about the character and nature of God. 
one of the women offered to find out about the process of refining silver and get back to the group at their next Bible study. That week, this woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse, that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered, yes, and explained that he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be damaged. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy, when I see my image in it. Good, right? When we're tested, it's not going to feel good. I even think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The test they had, they literally went into the fire. But they knew if God didn't, if God didn't save them, they were still going to do what he asked them to do. They were still going to be obedient. They were still going to walk out their faith. During the refining process or the testing process, God is transforming us to make us look more like our Savior. During my testing, what I would call my testing time, that was when I really had to seek God because without him, I wasn't going to make it through. Most of us have been through something like that, and we know it's true. That refining, that pressing, the only way to get the oil with olives is through the pressing, right? We have to be obedient to him even when it doesn't make sense, even when we're hurting, and believe that he still has good things for us. We don't stop believing what he's called us to or what he wants us to do. We can't stop even when it doesn't feel good. When we behold him, we will become like him because we become like that which we behold. When we're in that pressing season is usually when we really are seeking him more than ever. And that's when we become like him. Abraham's faith wasn't conditioned on time. His faith was tested. And finally, my last point, Abraham's faith remained steadfast. Steadfast means firm or unwavering. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect in our faith because sometimes we doubt. But what it does mean is that we will do what God's asked us to do. We will always return back to the truth that God is for us who can be against us. 
We will turn back to our faith and believing that he has good things for us. Even when we can't see it, he's working. Even when we can't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. I love that song. Sometimes we have to step out in obedience when we don't understand what God's up to, which is most of the time. At least that's what I've noticed. <laughs> Proverbs 25.2 says, It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them out. We keep seeking him. We keep asking him for direction. We go to him in the secret place when we remain steadfast in what he's spoken to us and who he is. Because he is a good God. Even if we don't feel it right now, he is a good God. And sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. We have to keep saying over and over, God is good. He has good things for me. I can trust him. Abraham's faith was made manifest when he took Isaac up to that mountain. He was willing to sacrifice not only his son, but the promise God had given him. He believed that God would work it all out for his good. And he would follow God's will till the very end. In Genesis 22, 6, it says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire in the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide for the sheep, the sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. At any point, he could have said, oh, I'm going to go back. He could have turned around, but he didn't. He remained steadfast. Sometimes we must sacrifice the promise on the altar for God so that he can resurrect it back to life. God is a God of order, and when we idolize people, things, jobs, houses, cars, maybe prestige, can even be ministry. He will take it away because we are no longer in order. God is a jealous God. And we're told to have no other gods before him. We can't have any other idols before him. When we get back into proper alignment with him, he will work it out for our good. He will work it out on our behalf because he's a good God and he has uh, grace for us. Because he's not surprised by our humanity. Right? Like, he knows that we're, we're going to doubt sometimes and we're going to struggle. But he just asks us to keep believing. Don't stop believing. Abraham's faith was conditional, wasn't conditional on time. It was tested and it remained steadfast. In closing, I heard this quote one time. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Rick Pino is. He's a Christian musician. Um, him and his wife were waiting for a promise, uh, a promised child for like six years. They had had one child and um, he, they'd been praying and seeking the Lord and they believed the Lord was going to give them another child, but it was a six-year process. Um, they would get prophetic words randomly from people in parking lots and 
it's a really amazing story um, that I would encourage anyone who's looking for some hope to, to look up. But um, he said, you can count how many seeds are in an apple, but not how many apples are in a seed. You can count how many seeds are in an apple, but not how many apples are in a seed. We might have that seed of faith, that thing that we're believing for. And God, he, he does want us to believe that he is who he says he is. We don't know what he's going to do with, it, with that. So don't give up on that thing. If God said it, said it to you, he's going to do it. Because not, he's not like a man that he should lie. He always keeps his word. Some of you today have been praying, begging, seeking God for that one thing that you believe he's promised to you. And maybe he has promised it to you. Maybe it's something in his word or, like I said before, something he specifically spoke to you or maybe through another person to you. I want to encourage you, don't give up hope. Don't stop believing. There is a reason why that seed won't die. There's a reason why... He still has you, keeps bringing you back to that. But there's some of you where God has something better for you. You just have to trust him and walk out your faith. Keep doing the things he's asked you to do and trust him. Sometimes we have to sacrifice what we think is best so that God can give us something better. He really is faithful. And if he asks you to sacrifice something to him on the altar, don't you dare think he's not going to give you something better, because he will, because that's who he is. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. Praise the Lord. First of all, wasn't that awesome? I believe that God is going to continue to use Nicole in this and begin to mature this and grow this and equip this. So we're, we get the first round. Hallelujah. That was so good. She, uh, that was really great, Nicole. Good job. She said something that all of us have the same kind of faith as Abraham. And she said that and I went, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that faith came, faith comes. By hearing, amen? First of all, faith comes. It's not your faith. It's his faith. <laughs> faith comes. He comes. By hearing, hearing what? Hearing the word of the Lord. He's first, always, in all things. Amen? Amen. Um, can we just give it up for Nicole one more time? Let's get close. Thanks. We can just stand here this morning as we close service. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. Um, there's a few things here that they prayed for that, uh, that they felt during prayer that people were dealing with, things that were going on. Come on, ministry team, let's just come all the way across right here. We would just want to provide an opportunity for you um, for prayer, for partnering in prayer in anything that's going on in your life right now. But before we do this, I just want everyone head bowed, eyes closed, please, as I kind of close this in prayer. And 
Nicole did a great job talking about faith and what that meant. And maybe you don't have faith this morning. Maybe you've never met Jesus before. But today you're going, you know what, man, I came to church. Maybe this is your first, second, third time. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've been here for a long time, but you've never really fully given your life to Jesus, fully everything. Everything that requires faith, everything that requires sacrifice and commitment and obedience and all those kinds of things. You're saying this morning, Pastor, I, I want to give my life to Jesus, fully committed, everything that I am today. If that's you, can you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down? Come on, no one's looking around. Our ministry team might be looking around. But anybody else here this morning says, that's me. Pastor, will you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus fully, everything that I am. Anybody here this morning? Hallelujah. I always leave a little bit of time because there's always somebody going, thank you so much. Appreciate that hand. There's always somebody who goes, oh, man, I just need to give this part over to, my, to God. Let's give a little bit of time here for this. We are a soul-winning church. We will win souls. <laughs> Hallelujah. This morning as the prayer team was meeting this morning, they came up with a few things here. If anybody's dealing with uh, rest, you're not having full peace in your heart about a certain circumstance or a certain situation or a certain something that's going on in your life, they prayed for that this morning. If you're dealing with that here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward and receive prayer for that. Uh, restoration, renewing. Um, if there's some things in your life that need some restoration and renewing in your life. Um, <clears throat> some things of loneliness. Maybe you've been dealing with loneliness uh, lately. Um, and, and I feel that. I feel that. I feel loneliness. Um, I feel like there is maybe some people here this morning that... that Somebody close in your family that you've been hoping that they would just come to Jesus, that they would just serve the Lord, whether that be your spouse, a, a sister, or a son, a daughter, or a child of some sort, an aunt, uncle, something you've just been praying for, and that promise hasn't come to fruition, and you've kind of given up a little hope on that, I want you to know, like Nicole said, don't stop believing. Amen? Don't stop believing. And if that's you, man, I, I believe that God wants to wants to partner with you in this attempt to go and reach that family. So, Father, I just thank you so much. I love you with all my heart. Thank you for today. Thank you for your presence, your power. God, that was so evident this morning. Thank you, God, for, for <clears throat> inviting us into a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus, for inviting us into your presence. God, thank you for finding me worthy enough to be in your courts. God, into your sanctuary, to the Holy of Holies. Thank you, God, so much for allowing me, God, and all my mess-ups, all the things that I've done, all the thoughts that I've thought, all the intentions of my heart, God, you still call me your friend. God, and I thank you so much.